Yes, this is my appearance. Hello, everybody! We have made it to April! And it is time for the start of Season 2 of It's Always Sunny in South Philadelphia. I am your host, Riley Rich. And let us start with some housekeeping stuff. Number one, yes, you are seeing me actively. Spotify has just released something called Video Podcasts. This is something that I'm going to be trying to do more often. And I'm, I chose this format for two reasons. One, I think it's better that you can see me. Uh, and number two, it is because over the off-season, as I would like to call it, I've been working on gaining a social media presence. So, the video podcast that I release to Spotify will also be released to YouTube. And I also have a Twitter and an Instagram for the podcast. Just search up IASSP Podcast. You should find it. Uh, And if you don't, just go to the website IASSP.weebly.com and find all the links in the menu. So that is awesome. Love to get a social media presence. Love to uh, get new supporters. And today's going to be a Phillies episode. I mean, as, as you can tell, I'm going to be trying to do each team in a separate podcast episode. I think that would be just better to, like, get my thoughts together. Like, I can spend all the time on the Phillies as I want. Also, I can, like, wait until more Eagle stuff happens. Or I could just possibly wait until the draft. I don't really want to do that, but we'll see. But today will be just about baseball, their lockout problem. Then we'll get into some free agent signings. Yes, there are a lot of them for us, finally. And then we'll get into some spring training notes, uh, position battles, and all that fun stuff. So let's start where we left off. I recorded a bonus episode a while ago, or well, not really a bonus episode, it was my finale, which a lot of you watched, thank you for watching the finale, uh, and I talked about the lockout, and I shared my thoughts on baseball's lockout, so, it's over now, as you can tell, there's spring training going on, we will have opening day baseball on April 8th, don't get it confused, MLB's is open is April 7th, but the one we care about is April 8th, where our Phillies take on the Oakland A's at Citizens Bank Park. The A's go back to, come back to where they belong here in Philadelphia. Uh, honestly, I honestly thought that the players were going to reject the last offer. I thought they would offer something else, but the week, we came very close during the week of negotiations. We had a few cancellations. Uh, Again, like, the deadlines, I don't think the deadlines were legitimate. Like, oh no, you're gonna, our deadline is Tuesday. What if we do something on Wednesday? Are you seriously gonna cancel April opening day for, just for pride? Which is basically what happened. They canceled games to April 14th, and they got a deal done, like, hours later. They're like, oh. I mean, we still can play on April 7th, I guess. But, doesn't matter. It's in the past. We don't have to worry about it for a long time. So 2023 will be an ordinary season. It will be regular. A regular season. And of course, we get to play everybody. So we'll get a chance at the Orioles now. 
And as I'm recording this, the Phillies just lost to the Orioles in a spring training game 3-2, to two, so I don't really know how to respond to that. So, then we got free agency. Before the lockout, there's really one big free agent signing. That was Corey Knable, and... I mean, it's a, it's a really good signing. He had some impressive stats for the uh, for the Dodgers. I actually have them right here, if you don't mind. I know, I should be prepared. You would think I'd be prepared for this. But, uh, Corey Knable, a 169 ERA+. Plus is That's a very good stat to have. I'm going to be referencing all of the plus numbers, uh, ERA+, plus for pitchers, and OPS+, plus for batters. That's what we care about in this podcast. Because they have a 100 average, and that's much easier for everybody to understand. Corey Knable didn't really pe- play much with the Dodgers, and honestly, if he was still there, he wouldn't now, because now they got Craig Kimball, and the world is ended. But, look, he has the makeup of being a closer. He was a closer a few years ago with the Brewers. Look, guys, he's better than Hector Neres, okay? He's better than Hector Neres. That's what we, that's what we can ask for. That's all we can ask for. Is just a solid bullpen. Not 30th in the league. Even if it's 26th, it will be better than last year. And that's what we need to go in the playoffs. Uh, we also got a few former Mets. Yuris Familia with 102 ERA plus 94, 3.94 ERA. Honestly, pretty solid. Sinker pitcher, sinker slider kind of guy. That's what you kind of want. Keep those ground balls, keep it low, get some strikeouts. Obviously, his better days are behind him, but I think for, I don't really want to call him aging, but for a player that's past his prime, that that you're paid for to play right now, I think it was honestly a solid deal. Guys, there aren't really that many bullpen pieces. Rysel Iglesias was re-signed with the Angels. There's not really much you can do, and I mean, Kimbrell, there are thoughts about a trade for Kimbrell. But all of those really came before we went over the luxury tax, which we'll get to. So, you can't really say that we should have got him. Uh, Brad Hand, another lefty for the Mets. Uh, he had a 106 ERA plus throughout the year. He had a 152 ERA plus for the Mets. Uh, a lot, I've heard a lot last year about Mets fans complaining about Brad Hand. Yeah, and that's because Mets fans are terrible. Let's go, Phillies. Uh, he's a lefty. We don't have that many lefties. Again, it's what we could get. It's it's what's available in the market for a lefty. So I will take Brad Hand. Dylan Maples, I don't think a lot of people know this, but the Phillies got Dylan Maples. He pitched for the Cubs last year. He had a 2.59 ERA, 166 ERA plus in 28 games in relief for the Cubs. And he is a non-roster Invitee, he should be making the he should be making the roster, the major league roster. He should be here, but I mean, what can you do? Our bullpen is terrible. Dylan Maples looks like one of our best guys. If he starts in AAA, he needs to make the major soon. He's one of our reliable guys that like no one cares about, that nobody has known about. He's he'll be one of our unsung heroes, and then. Oh boy, the hitting core. Let's start with number 12, Kyle Schwarber. 
32 home runs, 71 RBIs, 148 ER OPS plus. He's not a pitcher. I, I messed up. Uh, he played amazing with the Nationals. June MLB Player of the Month in or er, MLB Player of the Month for June. He played left field for the Nationals. He played left field for the Cubs. He played a bit of first base for the Red Sox during their postseason run, so you can see that a bit as well. But left field is the position we care about right now because going into this offseason, we had Matt Vierling play left and center on our depth chart, so we needed help. Kyle Schwarber was what we needed. We all celebrated, and then we got more. We got a whole lot more. I, I should also add that uh, Kyle Schwarber signed for near $20 million. Actually, both of them did. Both Schwarber. And the next guy, number eight, Nick Castellanos. This was a shock to me. This is $20 million deal over five years. That's 100 over five. Or five by 20. Oh, boy. Nick Castellanos. I hear, I've heard a lot of people complain about Cassiano's, how he's like only done well at hitters parks like Cincinnati. Guys, Philadelphia is a hitters park. If you tell me that Philadelphia is near the middle, I will come and find you. But Nick Cassiano's, I've seen a lot of DH for his potential lineups. I actually posted a potential lineup on the Twitter. Another good reason why you should check out Twitter. Uh. I think Castellanos and Schwarber could split left it left. Obviously, one of them should play DH. At some point, we need them in the lineup as soon as possible. I even think that if we can somehow, like, if Castellanos played left, Schwarber played first, and Hoskins played DH, honestly. It's okay. It's, like, left field is the same defensive metrics. I mean, Reese had a really good play in spring training, so if that didn't happen, I would definitely suggest it. But the lineup is looking good. We have Schwarber to hit leadoff, too, which is a spot that we definitely missed out on. You Like, Travis Jankowski was our leadoff hitter at times, and Odubel as well, who we also signed back and got injured. And then we go into spring training. It's a bit of a weird spring training, just the whole concept of like having a short spring training. You have starters played more often in earlier games. You have Zach Wheeler getting injured. Thankfully, it seems like he'll be pitching with an opening week, so it shouldn't be a problem. And Aaron Nola is starting for another year. I mean, honestly, it's, it's not bad, guys. Speaking of Aaron Nola, he's done okay in spring training. He's had a home run problem. He's had a home run problem, but he's also done really well with strikeouts. Uh, he pitched against the Blue Jays uh, like the first Saturday of spring training. He had five strikeouts over two innings, but also gave up two home runs. And then, uh, I believe March 29th against the Yankees, he had uh, two, uh, three strikeouts over four innings with five runs given up. So... Not too bad. I mean, he's still getting... Like, he's our opening day starter. He's like the best we got. Ranger Suarez came in late. He had a visa problem. Uh, he pitched for the first time uh, the day I recorded it. Uh, this is uh, Friday, April 1st. Uh, he did okay. 
I really wish I saw more offense out of the team, but he did really well. Raiders Wars, another piece that we're going to rely on. Again, nice lefty sinker, sinker baller. Let's have position battles. Uh, third base and shortstop. It started as shortstop with Didi and Bryson Stott. Honestly, Bryson Stott is having an amazing spring training. Over 500 average. He's got a home run. He's getting RBIs in clutch spots. That's what you want out of your top prospects. It looks like the player development staff is act is actually doing something for once. So that's always good to see. We have Bryson Stott and Didi Gregorius, and honestly, like I'm not really the biggest Didi supporter in the world. I mean, he's 34 years old, but this is the last year on his contract. He's had a decent spring training. Not good, not bad. There is someone who has struggled a bit, though. It's third baseman Alec Bohm. This is a problem. He's had, like, a 157 average. He did hit a home run today, uh, the day I'm recording it. But, uh, where Alec Bohm has struggled, Bryson Stott shows he can play third. He's been, he's been playing third. He actually played second. For a game two, he's shown that he can go all around the infield, which is really nice to see. Uh, Johan Camargo actually stepped up, too. Uh, we signed him before the lockout. Camargo's a switch hitter. He had a few nice doubles. I, I do remember like an RBI double probably in that Toronto game that Aaron Nola pitched in. Uh... Camargo would definitely be on the Major League roster. I believe that just for the sake of, like, arbitration, like like the Super 2 arbitration or whatever, I think we keep Bryce Stott in AAA just to start. Just, like, a week or two. Just get him back up to playing speed. And, or, well, he's been doing well in spring training, but just to start with spring training, uh, get, get the arbitration. Organization wins the contract battle. And we get a stud of a player as well. And the player development gets actively more involved and, show, and proves to me that they can do something. Uh, another one that I didn't really consider, I didn't really consider backup catcher to be a position battle, but it actually was. Uh, uh, as you guys know, Rafael Marchand played a bunch of time last year as backup catcher. Uh, Logan O'Hoppy was, or Logan O'Hoppy, I've heard Logan O'Hoppy from Joe Girardi, so take your pick. I'm going O'Hop. Uh, he he did really well in the fall league. He's done okay. He did okay in spring training. He got sent to minor league camp, which honestly is a really good fit. Uh, they ultimately went with Garrett Stubbs for a backup catcher. Again, another guy that we signed uh, like before the end of the lockout. He's back a catcher for the Astros for a while. He did okay in spring training, but he's got that major league experience and he's got that defense. So honestly, having Marshawn and Ohat in the minor leagues is really good. Again, player development staff actually doing something. Center field isn't really much of a battle. I mean, it was between like Matt Vierling and Odubel. The idea was that they would platoon. And Odubel got hurt. Matt Vierling. Has six RBIs in spring training. He got them all like in a week. It was awesome. And he has triples too. And he shows that he can play center field. 
he came up as a quarter outfielder. He's played a bunch of quarter outfielder. He played a bit of left field at the end of the year. He played a bit of center field too, but not as much as left and right when Harper was out. Matt Violet has showed to me that he can play center. He showed us that we can, that he can play center. That he's a good starting center fielder. There are also Adam Hazley and Mickey Modiak. I would have loved to see the battle for O'Double. Adam Hazley got traded to the White Sox for McKinley Moore. I mean, seriously, our, our, like, that's our backup center fielder. Like, for a guy who had a 1.5 whip in low A. Uh, I'm sorry. If, if the player development staff can, staff can do, get something done, McKinley Moore, I, I mean, I'm sorry. That's Adam Hazley. We shouldn't have traded him. Long story short. This with Mickey Moniak, the reason why I was mad about the Hazley trade is that they didn't consider Moniak to play center field, which also angers me too. They finally did. They started playing him in center field. Again, he's your number one overall pick in 2016. You've kept him in the minors. You kept developing him. He is your center fielder. He's the guy who can platoon with Violi to play center field. He showed that he can play in the major league level. He showed that last April. And again, just do the same thing. It's like Scott Kingery too. Like he's in the minor league camp. Get him back up to speed in AAA. If he has a good year, then who knows? He could actually he could be a part of the team too. We're not counting that out. You can't count anything out for center field right now. That's the thing that we got to realize. That's why the Hazley trade was so terrible. Was that you? Was that they literally counted someone out as center field? He was a viable option to play center field. Took it away. But I'm happy with Matt Vierlade. As for opening day, the lineup seems intact. Like, you got JT behind the plate. BCIB. Reese is probably going to play at first. I would love to see him at DH, but I think Reese is the first baseman. Segura Gene is going to hit second. Gene Segura is going to hit second. Er, hit second, play second. As for third... You guys remember last year when Kingery did really, really terrible and they got sent down to AAA and got hurt? Subtract that last part and that's what's going to happen to Alec Bohm this year. He's going to start at third base. He's going to... He's probably going to struggle and in the major leagues and they get sent down to AAA after two or three weeks. And that's when you call Bryson Stott, too. You make that exchange. So Alec Bohm will start at third. Johan Camargo will be the backup Infielder, Dee will play short, at least to start. I think also if you bring up Bryce and Stott, maybe consider Gene to play short, and then Stott can move around. We'll think about it. And Dee can also play second. I would love to see that switch, but it's probably not going to happen. Left field, Schwarber, we already talked about it. I mean, Schwarber, Castellanos, wherever you pick, I'd rather see Schwarber be DH. I think that spot fits him well. The Castellanos in left field is not really bad either. Like, he's played the whole year there. That's, like, what he does. Or, like, Castellanos played the whole year with the Reds last year in left field. He's suited for that role. Center field, Matt Vero is going to be your opening day center fielder. He's shown that he can hit the bat. He can use the bat well in spring training. 
He's hit really well. He's doing the he's doing the right things. He's doing the little things right. That's why he's the MVP center field. And of course, the MVP, MV3, Bryce Harper will be in right field. Aaron Nola will be on the mound for opening day. Honestly, not really expecting much. Maybe two runs, maybe seven strikeouts. That's our goal. Seven innings. That's what we're looking for. But it's going to be a really exciting time to be a Phillies fan. We went over the luxury tax for the first time in franchise history. This is the year that we get something done. Oh yeah, and to backtrack, we also trade Luke Williams, which is really sad. So, minor note too. But this is the year that we're going to get things done. We have the roster to do it. We have prospects to back them up. We are ready. We have depth. We have strong superstars that are proven capable to hit the baseball in a hitter-friendly park. Fielded, we're not going to care about it. Ownership in the front office told us not to care about it. We are not caring about it. As I've seen way too much on Twitter, ball goes boom. The baseball will go far. We are a home run hitting machine. Forget station to station offense that we talked about in the first year. Forget dual use or yeah, dual use offense. This is a home run hitting machine. These are the t- true three outcomes of home run walks strikeout, and we're ready for it. So take on the A's. To start opening weekend, we got the New York Mets after that. We're playing the Mets then at the end of April going into May, and then also as well the week later. So we're going to get a lot of early action against the Mets. And we got that. If we get that, we have three series against the Mets. If we win two of those series, two or three of those series, that's like. All we like that's the thing to start us up to start the offense up to st- to lift our confidence to get us going into the playoffs. This is our year. We are probably going to be a wild card team, but I don't care. Let's win something this year, please. At least end the 10 year streak. Yeah, this is going to be sad. But uh, thank you for watching the first episode of Season 2. Like, halfway through, I realized that you guys, like, see the shadow on my face. And it honestly looks kind of weird. So thank you. If you made it this far, thank you for dealing with it. Uh, again, go to the website, iassp.weebly.com. If you click on the menu, there should be stuff there to, like, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So if you're watching this on Spotify, thank you for the continued support. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for actually, thank you for showing up for season two. Just like the Phillies, this is our year as a podcast to grow and expand. And whatever happens this year with the Phillies, if everything crumbles, just remember that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel because it's always sunny in South Philadelphia. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you on opening day.